Welcome to Raising Consciousness with me, Lou Burrows, where raising human consciousness happens. On this show, I'm joined by guests to cover a range of topics and have conversations that will raise human consciousness for current and future generations. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hey everyone, Liberos here and welcome to this very special episode of Raising Consciousness where I have um, compiled a series of clips from Raising Consciousness over the past 12 months to sign off to end the year with this uh, special edition of the show. So I hope you enjoy the clips that we put together, the highlights and look there were so many more highlights during the year um, that I could have added into this short episode um and in this short video if you're watching on youtube um but yeah these are some of the the clips that i wanted to share with you all so i hope you enjoy now let's dive into the final episode of raising consciousness for 2022 let me say this if it's like this you and I, we are like a mobile phone. Here we were having technical difficulties earlier, right? You, intuition is like the internet, it's like the network. Not internet, the network. The network that allows me to be able to call you or, f- or receive the, net, the, the internet, right? That is the antenna, right? Back in the old times, the phones would have a little antenna, like just like a, a vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Like that antenna that we see for the radio, right? Now imagine yourself. I want you to walk out, every, like our audience here listening. Think of yourself in that manner. Think like you've got an antenna on your head or somewhere, right? That antenna is how you connect to the frequencies of the people you interact with. That antenna is how you, in, you, you draw and attract that which you want and how you want to move with life. Intuition. Um, so two things that came up that is linked to what you just said. One, it will move you. And two is that it, it is a disruptor, right? That when you live from this intuitive mm-hmm. place, um, obviously it will move you into certain actions. The outside world will have no idea why you are doing that thing. So it will, therefore it will there disrupt, right? However, the challenge then, the challenge then is, is that when we live from this place, oftentimes we retreat because of that fact. When you live with intuition and you, and you mentioned beforehand around faith and you have faith and you trust the, and you trust intuition, then you just move, right? It doesn't matter about the outside world. You don't retreat because you have trust in your intuition. So that clip was with myself and my good friend, Leroy Mabonga. I always love talking with Leroy, but next up, but next up we have my good friend David here. I met through connecting with Ryan Hartley and I sat down with David to pretty much talk everything about breath work um, and health actually as well. So enjoy this next clip with David Florence. So. All soma breathwork is is largely pranayama derived. So this is ancient wisdom, ancient knowledge that we've known through yoga. Yoga was only really about the breath. It wasn't really about um, movement of the body initially. It was much more focused around the breath. And what uh, these uh, specific soma breath techniques make use of, you'll learn lots of different techniques in soma breath, but the main ones are very similar to the Wim Hof method in the sense that they're pranayama stroke tumo uh, derived. And they involve inhale, lots of inhale, exhales, 
in a repetitive fa fashion, followed by an exhale and then holding your breath. When you do the exhale breath hold, you then enter a meditative phase, a meditation phase. Um, and it's that that you need to consider as being a sort of a meditation phase, because in that exhale breath hold state, you are in quite a calm, certainly initially, until obviously you get the urge to breathe. You're in this kind of calm, relaxed state. Now, obviously, with Soma breath, you do get some extra subliminal messages uh, that, that run in the background. Obviously, if you were to practice the same breath technique without any sound, without any audio, you could really play about in your mind around intentions and um, uh, or, or just mantras and things like that. So next up on the podcast, we have my good buddy, Max. Now, I love the conversation I have with, have with Max um, as we spoke about hypnosis and the power that hypnosis can have to help us to become the best version of ourselves, heal trauma and overcome limits in beliefs. So let's dive into the next clip of this last episode of Raising Consciousness with Max and with Max and talk hypnosis. So interestingly enough, I would say I used to be a lot more spiritual in the sense of the, the, the concepts that I would go with. I'm still, I would still class myself a very spiritual person, I suppose, if mm. you want. I'm just not as sort of, I'm, I'm, I've got that balance of masculine and feminine energy. Do you know what I mean, the, the, the yeah, feminine yeah. of let it happen, let it go, let it be. But then the masculine of do what I need to do, be who I need to be, create the habits that I need to create. So yes, there's still aspects of that. For example, in regards to ego, like mm. I will use concepts when speaking to people, nothing is good or bad. Like nothing actually is good or bad. A phone is not good or bad. A phone can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And even, even take it to an extreme, death is actually not good or bad. Death could mm. be good in a, in a sense that it's the end of an era, it's the end of something, it's, it's the end of um, something gone on, or, or someone who's done so-called bad, people would say that's a good thing that they, they departed from this earth, whereas other people would say it's bad because they're losing it, so they're losing a person, they're losing this, so nothing itself is good or bad from that spiritual sense where we give everything meaning, and one of the concepts that I like to teach people really is about, is, is that balance really, well, yes, Yes, this situation can, can seem bad. What's happened could be bad. But also, could you getting this disease have created you to be able to create this charity that now helps people to prevent this disease? So next up, everyone, we have my conversation with Layla. So in this conversation, I actually went down to Layla's shop down in Trowbridge, which is in Wiltshire. And um, I loved her shop. <laughs> like that's the first thing definitely to say definitely loved her shop loved everything about the, that she was she was doing and is doing and um interestingly interestingly enough this episode was actually the top episode of raising consciousness during this year um with Layla. so like i hope that you enjoy this episode um and it's a top episode according to spotify so um yeah, I hope you enjoy it. So let's dive into this next this next clip and enjoy everyone. Has there been like an education standpoint in educating your potential customers on the difference between this loaf of bread to a loaf of bread you would buy in buy like Tesco? Yeah, you, you know, um, and kind of what's that process been like? Because um, 
yeah, I, I noticed that is it like sourdough bread you have and, you know, and these sorts of, these sorts of products and do people even know the, the health benefits of that compared to a white loaf? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. And, and so like, obviously with this show, we're looking to raise consciousness, right? Like raise the awareness on helping people to become a better version of themselves. And so I feel like, you know, this is a part of it of people understanding the difference. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what angle to take this answer at. So there's a few different things that come to my mind. So I'll start with the sourdough because that's actually a really good example. So we sell a sourdough loaf for £4.50, which mm. is very expensive. I say expensive, it's higher price to a £1.50 loaf you get in mm. Tesco. Why is that? First of all, we're an independent, so that growth. Mm. These are all the conversations I have with customers yeah. and whether a customer wants to hear it or not, I cannot stop talking. <laughs> they kind of have no choice. So I educate them around like, we pay fairly, so it's £4.50 so that my shop can keep a little bit, so the, mm -hmm. the bacon can keep a little bit, so her supplier can keep mm -hmm. a little bit, everyone's paid fairly. And when you kind of look at it like that, you then start to see how transparent it can be. Yeah. Whereas if you go to Tesco, and this is no bad words about Hovis, as an example, if you buy a loaf of Hovis, you don't know if the person who packaged the bag is paid correctly. Mm -hmm. You don't know if the person who has mixed the flour, you, you just don't know how far yeah. that it goes. All you know is that Hovis is a successful company mm -hmm. and that they can keep going. So we're very transparent. And then just like you said about the race of consciousness, we don't want to fill people with preservatives. We don't want to fill them with processed food. So we don't sell anything that is classed as processed or has any parabens, sulfates, additives. It's as basic as you get. Perfect example, the sourdough is made of three ingredients. Yeah. And I don't think, well, you can't, you can't get that in a supermarket. So we offer something very, very unique. And just by having that product, having a conversation like this, I've taught one person what the real cost of bread is. Yeah. And then that can go over to anything that can go over to why, why is my laundry liquid a little bit more or why, how do you make lentils? Why do you not see lentils like this in the supermarket? Why are they in a tin? Why are tins bad for you? And it can go onto it completely. You could talk about it for hours because there's so many things, but you kind of gauge the energy of a customer when they come in. A lot of people come in and you can tell by their energy, they're smiling. They're really excited right. to be in the shop, but they, so next up, we have my conversation with Joel Green. Now, I loved this conversation and I feel like I'm repeating myself here, guys. But um, I think what stands out with this episode is for so long, I wanted to record an episode with a sports person, ultimately, you know, an athlete, a coach, etc. To really get an idea of what it's like in the world of in the world of sport and being a professional athlete. And I wasn't too surprised that it's much more harder than all of us fans and supporters and everyone on the outside think said it is, you know? Um, and really my conversation with Joel confirmed that. So let's dive into this short clip with Joel and I would definitely recommend checking out the full episode. Football fans, so that'd be soccer for you. Um, I'm, I'm here in the UK, mm -hmm. and um, it's 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 interesting. Like from the outside, I feel that people think that maybe this is just my perception, my my perspective, that being a professional athlete, a professional sports person, is um, is easy. You know, like especially uh, so you know <laughs> so often it gets talked about. You know, with just using the example again. With, with football players, like they get paid so much, like it's so easy, like, but like, actually like talk us through like the, all of the determination and the dedication and, and that goes into like owning your craft and being a professional sports person. Like I, I, I really, um, wanted to share this with people because, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of sacrifice and, and, and that is worth it, but like just to kind of 
open people's minds to actually what it's what it's like yeah there's so many levels to professional athletics you know even uh, a forgotten component that's never discussed is the fact that we're actually entertainers you know mm -hmm. uh the same way you would go to pay to go see an opera any a ballet a show you know you're amongst a crowd right and you're seeing people do their profession on a stage it's the same way when you're a part of a crowd watching a, a football game, or if you're going to, you know, watch, you know, any game, um, you're in a crowd watching people perform on a stage to entertain, you know, those in the crowd. So we have to show up to properly entertain this audience of people. So that's a part of our profession that's never discussed. Like professional athletes are actually entertainers as well. And if it's a bad performance, you know about it, you know what I mean? And you know about it right away. It's the same way if a singer at a concert was just simply there to perform and they did a bad job singing, you know, it's like, oh, well, that was a bad show or that was a bad game when it comes to athletics. But as far as the outside, everything outside of that, athletics professionally, it's a 24-7 job um, because unlike other professions, you know, that doesn't require a bunch of physical actions and activity. You have to watch and monitor your body, what you eat, what you consume, what you're around, just to make sure you're at your optimal state once it's time to perform. So, you know, you have to make sure you get to sleep earlier than most people a lot of times, you know, especially while you're in season. All seasons is a different story, but you're you know, when you're in season for those six or seven months, you gotta get to sleep on time, you gotta eat right, the discipline is amazing. It's a different level of discipline um, and restriction. It's a lot of restriction um, that comes along with being a pro athlete. Because again, once you reach a certain level, you're getting paid top dollar. And if whoever's paying you is making sure you're doing your part to earn that top dollar. So you have to make sure you monitor your diet. You have to make sure you continually work on your game multiple times a day. And it's not an easy thing. But, you know, the, the fun part about it is, I'll be honest, it is still a game, right? But it's not an easy game to maintain. Okay, so next up, we have my conversation with Roberta. Now, the great thing about this conversation with Roberta is how we covered important topics around mindfulness, around meditation, and how we can use practices such as yoga and pilates to bring that calmness, right? That flow, that calmness, that peace of mind to our to our life, ultimately to our day-to-day -day life. And for me, that has become such of a huge part of my life and something that I'm uh actively seeking right to bring peace of mind to cultivate peace of mind pure bliss from within um and yeah you know that's something that we spoke about on the, the podcast so this is just a really short clip from the podcast with roberta and i hope you enjoy it one of the things i've noticed not just in terms of what we're talking about but just health in general how health is very much personal to all of us and i feel there's this big uh, one fits all approach whether that's with training or whatever it is do you also feel it's the same with yoga and meditation where actually a one size fits all approach may not be as effective as if we personalize these practices to who we are if that makes sense i 
Absolutely think one size does not fit all. We are unique human beings and what speaks to you may not be the same thing that speaks to me. There might be similarities and elements within a practice that speak to us equally as well. But if I were to only pursue one type of meditation and it wasn't serving the purpose that I needed, which was to become more enlightened, to become more aware, to become more at peace, if that practice was feeling really rigid and forced, it wouldn't be serving me. So I could continue to say, all right, this is the practice that I have to figure out. I have to get it right. But that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is find the things that do speak to us, that do suit us and help us gain more clarity. I'm curious to from you, like, what, do, what does that mean for you? Longevity means having the best health and wellness of your body possible at any age and stage of life. And life is unpredictable, so we never know what's going to come our way. We could get injured. We could have an illness come our way. But the more self-awareness we have, the more capability we have to understand how to help our bodies through those difficult times, the more longevity we will have, I believe, throughout our lives that we'll be able to heal and recover and move forward regardless of the things that come our way. Absolutely. And in terms of self-awareness, I feel it's such a huge thing. Are there any additional like tools or resources that you use to help people to become more self-aware? Or is it the free practices that we've mostly focused on and touched on that are your that is your focus and you feel are the most effective? Those are probably the three pillars of my practice and how I teach people. But then lots of self-care practices. And this is where it can get overwhelming for people because there are so many things that you can add in. I use planners a lot to help me organize my brain and organize my life. That helps to reduce stress. I do facial massage to help reduce stress and to take care of my skin. I use dry brushing as a tool. When I feel like my immune system is becoming compromised, I do Epsom salt baths, a lot of heat therapy, steam therapy. I even will do dehydration when I feel like something might be coming to tax my immune system or if I'm going to travel. Can you dive into that? I haven't heard of that one before. IV hydration? Yeah, that's a new one to me. So I'm like, oh, let's dive there. <laughs> Yeah. So you have to find a place that specializes in this. And a friend of mine has a place here in the Denver area called Hydra Lounge, and she has a doctor on staff and nurses on staff. You go in, you relax, they put an IV, which is hydration, but then they can add lots of different vitamins to support your immune system, to help you sleep. My favorite one has zinc, vitamin C, all of the B vitamins, and you just sit and get that IV therapy, and it hydrates your body, and it gives you more into your system to help support your immune system. So next up, we are back to another clip from my good friend Max, and I wanted to include this one because the conversation with Max was so epic ultimately and it's one of the standout episodes for me so um yeah you know like uh maybe a little bit of favoritism here guys but 
I think there's so much value here, and especially because it's in alignment with the show in terms of the unconventional, right? What people aren't talking about. And for me, I've, I guess, kind of grew, grew, grew up with this preconceived idea that hypnosis was used for bad. Whereas in the whole conversation with, with Max, we focused on how it can be used for good, you know? And so this is why I'm, uh, well, there's two clips for this, for this episode. So, um, enjoy. So do you want to do, do you want to do this? Like as we're recording the podcast or after the, after the podcast, like what, what was your idea? Let's do it in the podcast. Let's do it in the podcast. On the podcast. Uh, we'll just okay. be quick. Like, we, we won't go into anything. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We, we won't, we won't go into anything. Have you got glasses on? Yeah. Yeah. So to just Do take we... your glasses off for a moment. Okay. Cool. Perfect. So we won't go into actual, like a, a session or something like that, but I'm just going to do something mm -hmm. just to show how hypnosis works for people. So have you ever been mm -hmm. hypnotized before, Lou? I have not. You have? Okay. Perfect. No, oh, not. you haven't? Have okay. not. No, haven't. So, no. so what is your perceptions on hypnosis so far? My perceptions? Um, mm -hmm. Probably like I mentioned beforehand, that uh, <laughs> interesting, to, given what we were talking about, probably more of like bad connotations, even though I know that hypnosis itself isn't bad, I guess. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So hypnosis itself, like I said, it's just a state of mind. You're mm. going to allow yourself to just completely relax. You may feel your muscles just feeling just so loose, limp, and so relaxed. And all you need to do is just listen to the sound of my voice. Now, mm -hmm. you've been hypnotized many times before, even if you aren't aware of it. Because hypnosis, like I said, it's just a state of mind. When you wake up in the morning, your body is going from the delta brainwave, which is the sleep brainwave, up to beta brainwave, which is the uh, alert and awake brainwave. In between that theta and alpha, you're in a state of hypnosis, in a deep, deep, deep meditation, you're in a state of theta or alpha. So the goal is to really get yourself to that uh, brainwave. And all you have to do is one, listen to the sound of my voice and focus. And if you can listen to the sound of my voice and focus, then you can easily go into a state of hypnosis and you can allow yourself to completely relax. How does that sound? Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. So I just want you to put your hand up like this. Then put them together like that. Then close your, your hands together and grasp them. And then just put your two fingers up like this, like a gun. And now what I want you to do, Luke, is I want you to, in a moment, when I say, I want you to open up your fingers and just stare at the gap and just notice what happens when the hypnosis happens. So when I uh, count to three, I want you to open it up and just focus on that gap. One, two, and three. Open your fingers and just keep completely and fully focused on that gap. And what I want you to notice, Luke, is that your fingers have two of the world's strongest magnets on them now. And it's as if those magnets just want to close and touch. And I'm not sure when they're going to close and touch, Luke, but you can notice that hypnosis running through your body as you stay completely focused and begin to relax. There's no rush as you focus on your fingers. 
And maybe you can feel the pulsing sensation in your hands or your fingers. And maybe they're ticking closer and closer together. Because when they eventually close, Luke, you'll notice the hypnosis running from your fingers to your hands to your elbows and just beginning to fill up your body with that state of hypnosis. Because even in my silence, Luke, you can notice how relaxed you feel. And as those fingers are stuck together, glued together, shut, Notice what happens when you try and pull them apart. It's as if they just can't be pulled apart, can they? Because they are stuck. And when you stop trying, Luke, I want you to take a deep breath in and breathe out, close your eyes and just let your hands fall down to your lap. There you go. There you go. Straight back to that place of complete relaxation and hypnosis. And even the outside noises, Luke, they can actually help you relax even more, can't they? Which is a weird sensation because normally it would distract us but as i said earlier here there's no ego you're in the subconscious now so luke i want you to think of a time where you felt so confident so accomplished so proud so happy with who you are as a person. So proud of the man that you've become. I want you to remind yourself that this is who you truly are. Because it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. Good, bad. Again, everything's neutral. But it matters how we view our past self. Can we be grateful for who we once were? For the struggles? The issues? Just like myself. As I said, I've done some very bad things in my past. But without me being that person, the old version of Max, there's no way I'd be here today putting you into this relaxing trance. And whenever you think of this memory loop, you'll notice that you instantly feel that sensation in your body, that confidence, that joy, that happiness. And Luke, when you're ready, when you know that this is programmed into you, 
whenever you think of this memory loop, when you know that that's programmed in, that as soon as you think of it, it just snaps back like a bullet from a gun to bring back these emotions of joy, happiness, and confidence. Now, when you are ready, Luke, when that is done, I want you to take as long as you need and open your eyes. There's no rush. Uh, <laughs> man, that, that was... <laughs> uh, awesome. Do you feel? Super relaxed. Relaxed? <laughs> yeah, and just like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just like, I feel like warmth. I don't know if you've had that before mm. when it comes to like, like, it's kind of like inner warmth type of thing. It's like came over me from like my core joyful i guess as well like yeah wow yeah. thank you man and notice when when you focus on that warmth notice the emotions that you feel that that from your mm. core notice that warmth notice what it does to you notice how how much of a smile it brings on your face notice the energy yeah, the smile, yeah. I, I Maybe the it, yeah there you go yeah everyone in this next clip i am joined by jason johnson now this episode was recorded way at the beginning of the year so when i was looking back from my clips i had to kind of remind myself a bit on the episode but um with jason we spoke about leadership okay and it's such an important skill for us all to develop and i believe that we all have leadership tendencies within ourselves so does jason so let's dive into this very short clip of this podcast and hear what jason has to say about leadership so when you know being on the other side of the table as a leader when i'm talking to somebody i think about being in their shoes right mm. it's it's about putting yourself um in a situation where you you remember how, what it's like to have the courage or to speak or um, the opportunities that i've had in my life and having some people uh, some leaders in my life give me the space to uh, collaborate or to talk about ideas, it comes back to that place of service. And so when I think about, um, you know, I've worked in hotels, restaurants, being of service. And so when I go to a hotel, I can um, relate to the people behind the scenes, the people that are making things happen. And I appreciate that. And so it's, it's really giving somebody that space because, you know, I wouldn't be where I was at if if somebody didn't allow me to make mistakes or invite me to share my ideas. And so it's, it's just putting yourself in somebody's in somebody else's shoes to understand that they're going through these things, right? If, if your life is out of balance, it's going to show up, whether that's at home with your family, it's going to show up, whether you're at work, it's going to show up with your friends, you know, the activities, which you're doing things like that. And so, you know, the, I think there is this, you know, it, it goes into that again, what we were talking about before, that robotic culture of I must work and bury myself in work. And you can use work as a bit of a crutch to run away from other areas of your life. You're working out maybe so well, whether it be money, relationships, whatever it might be. And so again, it's tuning into that and trying to figure out like, what is, what life balance am I searching for here? How can I lead a calmer, more peaceful life where I'm, I'm forging like deeper connections with my friends, with my family and myself? as well, you know, you know, not forgetting the most important person in the room. And I don't mean that it's just to be looking at Robert in the air. I mean, you know, it's the Royals. Yeah. It's the Royals. So taking time out to, 
you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple of days off planned over the next months and I've already gone and booked myself to go down to the wave at Bristol to do some surfing because I know that that fills me up. Your body and your brain are connected. They're not different. Your brain is your body, just like your body is your brain. So when you teach your, your body and your brain to move in a certain way, to connect in a certain way, it adapts the tissue mm -hmm. quite literally the tissues in your body adapt to moving like, okay, what's moving first, second, third, fourth, fifth. When, when you do a squat, what's the thing that's moving the most, then what's after that, mm -hmm. then what's after that, then what's after that. And what's assisting your, your, your body works in a giant system. We, we don't have in reality, it's not a bicep. It's not a tricep. It's not a, you know, a quad muscle. We are a giant sheet of muscle tissue. Everything is connected. Everything in your body, just like my t-shirt. Watch this real quick. When I pull my t-shirt this way, are all those other pieces staying still or are they following? Mm. They're following. Mm. If I pull my t-shirt this way, now I pull my t-shirt that way. It's all interconnected like a giant t-shirt. Your body is just because I'm moving my arm that way doesn't mean all this stuff isn't being impacted by moving my arm that way. When I move my, that arm that way, as long as this doesn't move, you're going to feel how that actually is, 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 is moving, is stretching. But if the low back is moving instead of all this stuff, we don't have to use it. That's the whole point. It doesn't need to get stronger. These areas don't need to actually get stronger if this is getting stronger. So during the course of this year, I've recorded a series of episodes where it was pretty much just me, right? Well, actually, where it was just me, where um, I was recording solo-based episodes because I just wanted to ultimately mix things up. And this next clip is from one of those solo-based episodes um, where I talk about optimism. And I believe it's a skill that is ever more prevalent and important today. So... So let's head on over to this clip where I talk optimism. Get this, optimism, therefore, when we're in that expanded place, it's easy then to be optimistic. It's like the, it's what I was sharing about being grateful and gratitude. When things are going good, it's easy to be grateful for them. How optimistic are you when the shit hits the fan? How optimistic are you when something that we perceive bad is to happen how optimistic are you when a tragedy happens which are all which is all part of life and by getting back to these values i believe that we can navigate the tragedies and the down points in our lives a lot more easier because we come to the place of love and kindness we come to the place of exp of expressing gratitude we come to the place of okay how in this situation can i contribute and give in alignment with who i am how in this situation, can I learn this to grow and move forward and evolve? How in this situation, be optimistic and always see the light because the light is always there. We just need to see it. Think of it as like a tunnel, right? This is something that's just come to my mind. We have a tunnel. If we're looking, so to the right, we have the light and to the left, it's just darkness. Sometimes we need to turn around and see the light ultimately. And that's what optimism is. The light's always there, but sometimes we have our back to it so we can't see it. We need to turn around and see the light because the light is always there. So that's what optimism means for me is to see the light and to see what's possible. Hey 
everyone, so we're nearly at the end of this very special episode of Raising Consciousness where I've put together a series of clips, some of my best moments, um, standout moments with our guests, and we're at the final one, we're at the final one with Layla uh, again, and I wanted to include another clip from this episode because it is the top rated, top voted episode by you guys, the listeners, the audience. Well, you guys listen to the audience and therefore I only felt it was right that we uh, shove more than one into uh, in, into this final episode. So um, ultimately in this episode we talk health consciousness, um, something that I've become much more aware of and conscious of and probably if I look across all 10 to 12 areas of my life it's where It's where the most transformation and growth has been and where I've attained the most knowledge. And where I have attained the most knowledge over the past 18 months. So, um, yeah, again, I just love this episode and sharing it with you. So um, enjoy and don't forget to check out the main or the full episode as well. And in terms of health and the point on that, like I kind of think of it, I would love to get your perspective on this, that there's always going to be some sort of cost per se, whether that's a cost of kind of money or whether that's actually a cost to our health and then our time. Either I buy this a little bit more expensive product that's going to help my body, you know, um, fuel me the right way, or I can buy a cheaper option that, basically isn't you know and kind of how I how I I look at that is that the option that is maybe cheaper but not as good for me I'm going to probably see the effects of that more longer term rather than in the short term and then I kind of go into this thing of so many people again you know I'm empathetic to it like make sure that make those like those short-term decisions and so I'm just wondering how hear your thoughts on that and any wisdom that you have on how people can maybe think a bit more lo- long term and yeah i mean for me it could also come back to the values point on like once yeah. you know what you stand for then you're going to be able to make better choices and better decisions it's something that me and my husband always play should we say ping pong with okay. we're yeah. going back and forth um so to put it into context i work in the shop most days okay. he is a carpenter so he's out and about and the convenience for him if i forgot to make a larger is for him to go to I don't know Sainsbury's get a meal deal or McDonald's or Costa he doesn't necessarily want to eat that despite the fact that he loves it but it's just what's there yeah um whereas me I'm the complete opposite I'm working in a shop where if I forgot my lunch anything I can make quinoa I can make this like I can make all of these health foods which is great but in a real world not everyone works in a health food shop not everyone can afford to go to Sainsbury's or get a meal deal whatever the case may be so I'm quite cutthroat with things like this because I've been in every situation. I've been homeless. I've been unemployed. I've had a daughter who has allergies. And then I've been on the other side where I've had a lot of disposable income and I can afford organic, local, blah, blah, blah. It does come down to values, like you said. And I've learned over the last year or so that I know wholeheartedly what my values are. So thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of Raising Consciousness. Um, I... <clears throat> I quickly put together this 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 final episode. Um, the, the idea came to me to create the 
best bits or the, you know, the clips I like the most from the year ultimately and again there are so many other clips I could have included and wanted to include um, and I will definitely be continuing to share those across my socials so do follow me um, across all social media at Real Loop Burrows and all that's left for me to say guys is like thank you so much for the support, the listens, the downloads, the views, the subscribes during 2022. Um, there's a lot more to come from me including where, including the transition I'm currently in but um, that's for another day. I just want to say once again thank you once again. And for more after today's show, be sure to head on over to raisingconsciousness.show to get all of the show notes, transcriptions, videos for each episode, and a hell of a lot more. And if you got value from this episode, found it insightful, or learned a thing or two, please leave a review where you can let everyone know that this show is worth checking out. I appreciate you so much. You'll be hearing from me in the next episode.